Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast with me, Scott Chaloner. This podcast, just like the Leaders' Council itself, is all about recognising and celebrating the people who keep this country running. We exist to give leaders a voice outside of their own organisations and to support them in the same way that they support their staff every single day of the week. Now, if you are in a leadership position yourself and would like to have your voice heard on the national stage, then please do go to leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Now, each week on this show, I'm joined by a different leadership figure from the world of business, education, politics, sport, or even from local communities in the aim of truly discovering who those people are that get up every morning and make this country work. We get their take on the current economic and political landscape of the UK and discuss everything from adapting yourself to looking after your mental health and, of course, the success and the innovation that makes it all worthwhile in the end. Now, on a warm, sunny spring morning here in the capital, my guest on today's show is Mike Coomber, the owner of River Trace Engineering Limited, a firm that is specialised in water quality monitoring. Uh, now, Mike, it isn't the first time that you joined us on this show. We spoke last July and talked a little bit about the ongoing COVID-19 crisis and how River Trace was charting a course through. Um, so welcome back to the uh, the programme and it's great to have you with us once more. Thank you very much. Uh, nice, to, nice to be included. It's brilliant welcoming you back, Mike. And um, I understand as well that back then you were operating at around sort of 80% capacity compared to normal, sort of adapt to the challenges of COVID. And 10 months down the line from that last discussion that we had, we're still somewhat in this pandemic mess, albeit there are now some signs of real recovery starting to show. So how are things on the business side faring at the moment, would you say? Um, it's been uh, it's still been a challenge. Uh, we have an unusual year end in as much as that's thirtieth uh, November. So our first quarter, December, Jan, Feb is always a challenge because of Christmas and, and New Year. Uh, and then we have the Chinese New Year, which affects all of the, the Asian shipyards. Uh, having said that, um, we were we predicted a fairly poor start to the year, and and unfortunately we it's one target we actually did deliver on. Uh, but the second quarter um, really took off. And I think now for the half year, we're, we're running about 92% of target. So things have, um, have definitely picked up. Uh, you know, thankfully, you know, shipyards are back at work. Uh, the supply chains are filling up. Um, and we're expecting you know, quite a good second half uh, to the year. That's really encouraging. And um, I suppose that having had to adapt to doing a lot of things remotely during the pandemic, it's proven a real challenge for the likes of River Trace, hasn't it? Because you are largely a customer facing business, aren't you? And I suppose it does take its toll when you're not able to actually meet your customers properly for well over a year now. Yeah, I mean, I've not actually been on a business flight for two years now. Um, We're 96% export and uh, into 65 countries, I think. So uh, we miss things like exhibitions. We miss customer meetings. Uh, you know, actually being able to get face to face with the client, resolve issues. Um, so Teams and Zoom, you know, have been okay as a <clears throat> as a medium, but uh, you can't be, you know, pressing the flesh as they, as they say. Um, it's been a it's been a real challenge. It will continue to be a challenge. We're not anticipating any physical exhibitions this year. Um, probably not looking to uh, get on any flights until probably the middle of next year uh, is our best guess. Uh, 
Uh, and even with these travel corridors, uh, you know, they're quite restrictive. And uh, what would normally be a one-week trip to China turned into a month. It does, doesn't it? It is a real challenge sort of going anywhere outside of the UK at the moment, and understandably so. And uh, I think even when we reach a point where the COVID-19 situation is no longer an immediate and present danger to life, um, there are people talking about sort of remote events and doing exhibitions like that virtually that could end up being the uh, the status quo. But I think it's got to be remembered, hasn't it, that it isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. And in some ways, being able to actually travel to sort of business events and exhibitions in person and having that real human contact there, that is still going to be needed in the long run, isn't it? There is still going to have to be room for that. Very, very much so. I mean, as much as we've all learned to work remotely, whether that's from home or um, in the office, but uh, you know, uh, calling people over Teams or WhatsApp is, is a preferred uh, method in uh, certainly in the Asian markets. Uh, you know, the longer term health of uh, anybody's industry, I think, you know, people like to buy from people. They don't like to buy, you know, electronically uh, so much. So there's going to be a, still be a huge need for these these physical events. You know, the virtual events are. In my opinion, you know, sort of glorified uh, Teams calls. Uh, it's it's better than nothing, but it's only probably you know ten percent of of what uh, what a real you know boots on the ground exhibition would deliver. I think that's very right, and I think it is so important to uh, to consider going forward. And um, I suppose when it comes to remote working more broadly now i suppose in many senses it warrants a change of leadership style and approach from a lot of people because there are a lot of different nuances when it comes to directing a team over a zoom call as opposed to directing a team when you're there in an office physically with them yeah so it's it's, they're fairly impersonal and you know it's very difficult to gauge true expressions over a teams or uh, a zoom meeting so you know, we've we've been open throughout the pandemic. Uh, we've had no, no COVID cases at all. Uh, we've had a few vulnerable people working from home, uh, so that that did in, increase our sort of um, our cost of uh, manufacturing a little bit as we had to gear up. But um, everyone's now socially distanced at work, um, good hygiene practices in place, um, and that is a real benefit to uh, to the, the pandemic. You know, people actually. You're looking after uh, clean, cleaning regimes and and so on. So yeah, that's a, that's a life lesson learned. Um, yeah, we've changed the way we we do business. There's a lot of digital platforms we've uh, we've embraced throughout um, throughout the pandemic. Uh, we've put a lot into yeah, sort of IoT research and, and development. Um, yeah, just have to look at doing business in a completely different way. And one of the ways that you have done that as well is that you've reinvented the way that you've closed business deals um, over the uh, the last few months, haven't you? Yes, that's very that's, that's very true. Um, even our agents in place, who you know, provide uh, about forty percent of our our business, they themselves aren't allowed to go and see customers officially. So you know you have to look at other routes to you know to, to keep in contact and. Uh, yeah, telephone come back into into fashion, which is quite nice. But at least you can speak to people, even though you can't um, uh, you can't see them. And you know, anything has to be better than 
let's say, better than a team or a, a Zoom call. Yeah, they have their place, but it's only one element of, uh, of the sales approach, really. And albeit it's been sort of quite a challenge adapting to sort of new remote ways of working and communicating, I suppose that coming out of this, you probably have learned an awful lot about communication and may even be sort of stronger in your position than you were before in some ways. Is that true, would you say? Yeah, it is. We've um, we reorganised the way we communicate internally, um, which has been really good. That's been a, a nice learning curve. Uh, and so I think our internal communications are probably stronger than they've ever been. Um, and that's partially probably because we're all now in the same time zone. Whereas when we're travelling to exhibitions, it's that's very, very difficult. Um, working from home has been a, a mixed bag. Some people like it, some people don't. Uh, I think the the legacy of COVID um, and the bigger challenge for us is uh, is getting people back into work. And speaking of getting people back into work, actually, um, I suppose there are a lot of people out there who will be out of work, both younger and older, and uh, they'll be looking for opportunities out there, maybe seeing a jobs market that may be limited in some industries but also may be booming in others because there are so many sectors that do need new talents and people will have to essentially upskill and move into new sectors for work so just for those people that are out there looking for opportunities as a business leader yourself um, what would sort of your advice be for them to really get them to look up and look at what's out there well i'm seeing a trend and it's not uh, it's not a unhealthy trend i think it's a good human trend and that's People are now reevaluating their work-life balance, mm. so you know, they're not necessarily wanting to commute, um, which is a, which is a good and a bad thing. Uh, we've been very successful with uh, with our flexible approach to people um, looking to work from home, or there has to be a balance for the business at the same time. It, you know, success has to has to benefit both parties. Uh, and so what's popular for, for us at the moment is people are working from home, three days in the office, uh, they're, they're on rotation, and that's um, that's pretty successful. It is, and um, the work-life balance certainly is something that we've been discussing a lot during the uh, the last few months, and something that we have been touching on an awful lot at the Leaders' Council recently especially is um, the impact of burnout and stress on business leaders themselves, because there is so much of a temptation when you're in a leadership position to get sucked into survival mode during a crisis like this, be leading by example constantly and being that sort of beacon for everyone to look up to, that sometimes you can neglect your own mental health and well-being and it all becomes secondary. So for you personally, Mike, um, do you find it easy to take a step back and switch off when you need to recharge the batteries yourself? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I've uh, I've actually enjoyed the you know, this, this sort of 18 months to year period, uh, you know, I've, I've managed to um, get my two children into uh, into work with me uh, last summer. That was uh, that was really good. That was good for them because they're at university, and so they can they can learn the soft skills that uh, that you don't get, uh, you don't learn at uh, university. So that's going to be good for them, and I think the job market uh, as a whole, um, things like the apprenticeship scheme. You know, I'm a big supporter of that. I think that's a, that's a very good route to get young people into into business and, and learn from the the ground up. 
Um, yeah, it's been fantastic, actually. Uh, my day is broken into three parts, early morning, lunchtime, and then afternoon, because we're dealing with all sides of the, uh, of the globe. And so I think I get uh, a couple of two-hour slots, uh, mid-morning and mid-afternoon. That is essentially my free time, go and walk the dogs, you know, go and play golf. So for, for me personally, it's, uh, yeah, I've really embraced that. And uh, I'm hoping that that's, uh, that's going to be a legacy that continues. Hopefully so, because um, it is lonely at the top, isn't it, for business leaders? And I suppose the pressures of leadership can be incredibly telling. And when you are on a pedestal as well, you are sometimes wide open to criticism during crises when things go wrong. And I think that's something that we do see in celebrity culture, sports and politics, especially just as much as anywhere else. And people do forget, don't they, that leaders themselves are human and they need that sort of momentary um, time to step away from the hectic world of um, sort of the corporate sphere. They need that work-life balance for themselves. So thinking about that, do you think that we celebrate and indeed appreciate leaders in all contexts as much as maybe we should do in this country? Uh, I think I've, uh, I think I've learned to, I think I've learned to let go um, a lot more. I think the first thing of, uh, in any leadership position is to, is to really be brutally honest with yourself. Um, in as, you know, what am I good at and what am I not so good at? And then, you know, uh, focus on the things you're not good at, and and find somebody that uh, that is much better at doing you know, those uh, those jobs than, than you are. Uh, I've certainly done that. We've we've changed the team, we've strengthened the uh, the upper management team, and from a day to day perspective, they run everything. You know, I look at the overall strategy. I get involved in some of the R and D elements of what we do, uh, but yeah, the day to day stuff. They run that and the KPIs. Um, we've invested heavily in, in automated systems internally. So you know, we're not re-inputting data twice, three times as maybe we were before. So uh, lots of automatic reporting. Um, you know, I receive reports on all elements of the, of the business on a daily basis, and that's fully automated. So you know, that, you know, that's been... We were forced into doing something, and I guess in in that respect, uh, COVID, um, strangely enough, came, came along at the right time. I think what you've said there, Mike, reminds me of a conversation I had with another business leader not long ago, and he talked about the need for CEOs and executives to move from what he called star to galaxy. And what he meant by that was stepping away from the day-to-day world of running a business. And as you've said there, move toward the more strategic side of things, promoting the business, growing the business, while the day-to-day stuff is handled by different people, tasks are delegated. And I think for certainly younger entrepreneurs and younger business leaders, it's probably one of the hardest things to do, isn't it? Sort of letting go of the day-to-day and then embracing the bigger picture. And that's something that hopefully we'll see more of, people taking the plunge in that way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was, uh, yeah, I was definitely in that, um, in that sort of micromanaging type, um, type position where you're so really involved. Uh, you, you, just, you just blink at yourself. And uh, you know, the, the expression can't see and that's not very important. So, you know, in my case, I found an absolute first-rate operations director, who um, not an engineer, but a very, very good process person. 
uh, who's revolutionised the uh, the way we the way we work, and that just frees up my time to to think about new products, new markets, you know how we might um, how we might get into those markets, and these are all the things I didn't have time for before. So I would have very much been a blinkered reactive um, leader, which um, isn't really a leader at all. So yeah, that's been a real life and something I should have adopted you know, 20 years ago, not, um, not sort of five And I think it's a reminder, isn't it, that one of the key hallmarks of leadership in that sense is trust as well, trusting the people around you, trusting your staff and making sure that you've got the right team around you to entrust sort of the day-to-day running of the business too at the same time. It's the hardest is the hardest thing to do to let go, and the, the real danger, and I can see it myself, is that you don't realise that you're doing it. You don't realise that you you are actually, you know, uh, um, stopping innovation because you're micromanaging. You're so in the business, you're not on the business. And if you can, you know, be honest with yourself and just say, look, yeah, I'm just too involved. You know, and find people. Trust is so difficult, but it, it doesn't take that long to build. You, know, you just set little targets, people achieve them. You think, well, actually, it's, you know, this is this is possible. We can do this. Exactly. I think that positive attitude as well is so, so important and it's going to be vital over the course of the uh, the few months to, uh, to come as well. And I would like to talk about the future in a bit more detail uh, before we do finish. However, um, at the moment, uh, there was something that caught my attention um, uh, just a couple of weeks back. And it was Minister Penny Mordaunt writing in the Telegraph newspaper that Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister's response to the pandemic, has been what she calls Churchillian. Now, there's been a lot made of the government's leadership of the nation through the pandemic hasn't there and there have been a lot of people who've been quick to criticise but there have also been some immense steps taken by ministers to help try and protect business so on the whole how do you feel their sort of guidance of the country through the pandemic has been? I think uh, I think they've done extremely well I, you know I'm as critical of politicians and civil servants as, uh, as any but you know these are unprecedented times we've never ever faced um a situation like this where, you know, the world is effectively stopped spinning. Uh, if anything, I would say that for the vast majority, I think the government's done too much. Uh, you know, the furlough scheme to start with, I think it was admirable. Um, the intentions are certainly admirable. I don't think the long-term um, effect of that was ever considered at, at the start. And with that, I, I sort of um, I'm referring to you know still paying eighty percent, you know, or government's paying eighty percent. An employee might say, "Well, do I want to work five days for the the twenty percent? I'm saving all that travel time, train fares, parking, uh, and so on." So you know, I think I think on that front they should be commended. Uh, I think we're world class in in how in how the, how governments approached this. Um, on the critical side, yeah, I think with things uh, like people inward travel, they didn't close borders quickly enough, and therefore, you know, we've uh, we've had more cases should have had as an island. Uh, on the vaccine rollout, absolutely incredible, you know, military precision, uh, and that's what they they did exactly the right thing. They involved the military, so the logistical supply chain was. Was, was was incredible. So, yeah, my full support. There will always be critics, 
just because, you know, uh, journalists per se, you know, they like to sensationalise things. But I think uh, I think Boris and his team have, uh, yeah, generally done a very, very good job. And while we are mentioning names such as sort of Churchill, um, who, of course, uh, Minister Mordaunt compared the Prime Minister's response to, as I said just now, um, in your case, uh, Mike, um, are there any sort of leaders from past or present like that that sort of stand out to you that have maybe helped sort of mould you and inspire you and make you the leader that you are today? And that doesn't necessarily have to be a historic name. It can simply be someone maybe that you worked with or for as well. Yeah, difficult. I mean, it's, uh, I, I do I do like the Chilean references because I think, you know, those were very, very difficult times. Lots of very unpopular decisions had to be taken um, during those years. Uh, and uh, and Churchill took them. Um, I think, yeah, as other leaders, uh, you know, Lord Blanket himself uh, for Labour, I mean, incredibly pro-business. Uh, so you know he's uh, he's a, a, a sort of a person to admire. Um, I can't really think of any any other sort of uh, you know, celebrity or politician that you know I would uh, I would wholeheartedly admire. But um, yeah, no, I think at the moment just the the government's actually got a very good team. I think the team in place it, it's working, and you know they've achieved enormous. Um, you know, improvements in the economy in, in a very short time. Uh, we get a lot of business support. Uh, I work closely with, with um, the Department for International Trade on the maritime sector, and they are really working hard to um, to increase and try and help SMEs increase their their export business. So, you no, know, there's lots of lots of good elements, um, and yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot, isn't there, um, to sort of take inspiration from in that sense. And I think it is something that we really need to harness in terms of the national spirit going forward, isn't it? That sort of wartime spirit that's been talked about. We've seen a lot of unity in sort of people congregating on their doorsteps, clapping for carers um, and the frontline workers. And it's that sort of thing that hopefully we don't forget quickly as we sort of hopefully revert to some form of normality after all of this. No, absolutely. I think uh, I, you know. I love the I love the British spirit. Um, the you know we face adversity. You know, we pull together. Uh, I think generally, you know, with the social distancing and queuing for you know, supermarkets and so on, people are actually talking to each other. Um, they're helping their neighbours. You know, um, people have you know, said, "Oh, we've got a we've got a shop coming on Friday. Is there anything you'd like us to add to to our order?" So it's kind of, you know, can do pull together attitude. And you know, I, I, I love the Brits for that. I think we are pretty unique in the, in the world. I think we are certainly. And I think what is certainly coming out of this as well is that there's a renewed vigour, isn't there, to especially industry-wise buy British-made and sourced products. And I think also given the fact that staycations in the sort of leisure tourism sector are also going to be the thing this summer because we've spoken already about the difficulties of travelling abroad. Like buying British, there's going to be a real surge of that in the near future, isn't there? Yeah, I think we already, I think we already see that. I mean, the, the staycations have, have gone through the roof. And, you know, the flip side to that, of course, is that they've always put their prices up. Um, but 
No, I think by British, there's a, there's a huge campaign. Um, there's a lot of innovate campaign uh, going on out there as well. And, you know, yeah, lots of positives for, you know, the UK economy. Um, and, yeah, I think uh, the UK versus our, our European allies, I think we are in a far better place to come out of this and prosper than, than they are. You know, we were, we were more ready for Brexit. And they were. Uh, we've had no export issues whatsoever. Uh, we've only had import issues because they weren't ready, whereas um, the UK was. I think that's very right. And I think we've certainly seen that in the vaccine rollout as well. In many ways, we are sort of the envy of Europe in that sense. And it does certainly bode well for the future. And uh, it is something certainly to, uh, to consider um, when we think of building back better what is to come on the horizon that we're not just going to be sort of doing all of this alone and we're going to be looking outward and being that sort of global britain that the government wants us to be yes absolutely i think the uk has done a huge amount a huge amount to offer uh, i think with you know supply chain uh, disruptions that we that we've had we've become a lot more you know self-sufficient um so whereas something from abroad to incorporating your products then you've looked around for UK suppliers because it's easier to manage the, the supply chain in these difficult times and um, yeah I see that trend continue. Yes and thinking about the future now just because our time on the program is starting to draw to its close Mike um, I know we don't have a crystal ball and we can't see into the future and there is still of course the variable of what is going to happen with Covid and new variants but what ideally is next for you and for River Trace and what are you really hoping to achieve over the next 12 months as we hopefully leave Covid behind for good? Uh, Yeah I mean we've we've not been able to travel so we've utilised that that travel uh, overseas budget to put directly into R&D, build a bigger teams, contract some of that, so we can now get new products to market quicker. Uh, so we're probably yeah, a good year ahead of where we would have been if we hadn't made that investment. So when we can revisit these territories, we've got new products to, to sell. So, yeah, our five-year plan is looking pretty healthy. That's brilliant to hear and really, really encouraging as well. And I certainly do wish you all the best um, with sort of bringing those uh, plans to fruition and getting those products to market, Mike. And I think, again, as we've done here, I think once we sort of get a picture as to what the next few months are going to bring, it will be wonderful to catch up and have you join us on the show again because it's been fantastic welcoming you back and a real eye-opener from my point of view. No, thank you very much. And uh, thank you to all the, all the listeners that, uh, that, will, uh, that will dial in. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, because it is important in getting the real and authentic voices of British business leaders out there, documenting their experiences, getting everything that they want to say into the national sphere. And I think there'll certainly be a lot of benefit to uh, to come from this. And like I say, it's been eye opening for me and I'm sure the listeners do share that sentiment. And certainly for those younger viewers who may be tuning into this and looking for opportunities, I think the message to come from this is that there are going to be plenty of opportunities out there, even if it means moving into something a bit different. Yeah, they, they absolutely are, and I think um, if people haven't already made the investment, you know, which is obviously a, a slight gamble, but uh, the earlier that you make that investment in the future business plans, uh, the quicker you, you're going to benefit from them. And yeah, we we started that in two two years ago because we we could see that this was going to be you know, a long a long haul, and uh, we're not through it yet. So. 
yeah, invest now would be my uh, would be my advice. Exactly right. I think that's very, very sound advice indeed. Um, thank you ever so much, Mike, for joining us on the show today. And um, do also take care and stay safe with all still going on because we're not quite out of this yet, but we're very, very close, I feel. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep, keep taking well. Thank you so much. I was speaking today to Mike Coomber, owner of Rivertrace Engineering Limited, and I hope you all thoroughly enjoyed the interview. Now that indoor hospitality has returned, I'll be heading back to my usual spot in the Westminster Arms to raise a glass to outstanding leadership and hopefully over the coming weeks we will keep taking further strides back toward normal life. Remember everybody, please do continue to look after yourselves and be considerate of others because it makes such a difference in preserving lives. We are almost there now, but take care and goodbye.